Welcome to the Jack Mitchell Podcast, rolling along through the end of the month of August. That's right. We hit our, I know you weren't counting, I know literally no one but me was counting, but we just finished month four of the Jack Mitchell Podcast, and I know everybody says this, I know this is the, you know, but like it is going, I see the numbers, the numbers, in fact, I tweeted out this week and put on Facebook the top five most listened to episodes, top five uh, highest percentage listened through episodes, you've got quantity and quality there with both of those, uh, but the numbers have been like crazy good i cannot believe how much response i got to last week's episode with my son johnny if you haven't heard that you can go to listen to that or any of the uh any of the podcasts they're all pretty much they're really all evergreen so it's not gonna they're not gonna really date all that much for most of them so i'd love you to go back and listen to those uh but today i'm excited i am excited about my guest today our intersection in life which i like to open up with is really I I, I, I want to explain it later in the show, okay, because it's a little bit of a story, but um, our intersection of life is, is largely through meeting on social media, um, and then uh, uh, and then I think uh, at one time I did his podcast, and I'm now returning the favor at this point. Uh, my guest's name is Brett Moline, and I... I I, I've, I'm going to do this because I've never gotten the chance to do this as a guest. No one has afforded the level of celebrity to allow me to do this to guests that I can oh, read. God. That I can read their freaking IMDb page, Brett. Oh, God. You're the first IMDb eligible guest <laughs> that I've ever had on this show, which I don't know if that says something about the podcast or about you, but nonetheless. I hope most of your listeners have no goddamn clue what IMDb is. That's what I hope. <laughs> I hope they just turn it down right Internet on movie data but no cuz I love it. I love uh, I love I love the bio and it sets us up for storytelling throughout this thing. And uh so here's what here's what it says. Brevelin is a Los Angeles-based disabled award-winning actor, writer, director from a small farming town in South Central Nebraska. He was born and I hope I say this right, Kippelfile syndrome, a rare yeah, type of Kippelfile, yeah. a rare type of severe scoliosis. Just off writing for a Marvel TV show, Brett's original half-hour comedy is set up at Sony Television with Glenn Aidman, supervised by Dana Lynch North. The show is based on a short pilot film, Hypocrite, which I've seen, uh, with a recent appearance on NBC and Disney, former cast member, 2016 CBS Diversity Showcase, a groundling Sunday company alum, UCD house sketch team veteran. Brett continues to write, direct, produce videos for his YouTube channel, Genuine Jerks, which are hilarious. That's editorial. Uh, and uh, that has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, and Vulture. Final paragraph, and I'm not making this one up. Brett's vice is his college football team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're awful, but he loves them anyway. It's a toxic relationship. And with that, I welcome our guest today. What is up, Brett? Hey, thanks for having me, Jack. Glad to uh, gl- glad to have you. Um, okay. Awful hits so hard when you read it out loud like that. <laughs> it's more like, it's more meant to be read like, they're awful, but he loves them anyway. Like, now, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, you meant it. Yeah, coming from me, I really, and it was the way I inflected it probably. It's. Uh, it, it, it's just, but here's the thing that actually wasn't your IMDb, lo, uh, uh, bio. This is actually from your website, your IMDb. Oh, yes. It's hilarious. Your IMDb one is like, it just doesn't have the part 
There's a few things that it doesn't have. It's like the uh, parental advisory version of (laughs) the actual actual one. But uh, nonetheless, uh, great, great to have you. Um, Let me ask you this right off the question with a with a big one right off the question. I assume you had a part in in writing the bios like that or like you've got some editorial discretion. What's on them? Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, Tell me about mentioning right off the bat. Brett is. A, I mean, it felt felt weird reading it because I wouldn't have introduced you this way. Brett Lean is a Los Angeles-based disabled, an award-winning actor, writer, director. How can you say you won any awards? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, I was sorry. I was talking about the disabled part. Actually, I was just. <laughs> uh, yeah, wh- I'm just interested to, to to mention that right away. First paragraph of your bio, just be out about it right away what why why do that oh uh, well, you know the past few years <clears throat> i kind of you know i've gotten to a place where um i i kind of realized that i didn't i didn't talk so with my disability you know when when you see me uh i have a very you know very short neck compared to, to other people um and um and i move a little bit differently uh th- than other folks because uh the first half of my back and my spine and my neck are, are fused. And so, um, you know, I went through my childhood, um, kind of not really talking about, um, you know, uh, kind of things that I experienced, um, uh, not looking like a whole lot of people that I grew up with. Um, the incredible thing was that my town Minden is where I grew up. Uh, the people in Minden, it was, you know, they were incredible. Uh, they were, you know, uh, you know, I worked on a corn and soybean farm uh, for one of our family friends. You know, it's like he's, uh, you know, five foot three, a disabled dude, uh, not exactly meant for, uh, you know, hauling around pipe and, you know, <laughs> hauling sandbags 100 yards into the field when your pivots, you know, gotten flooded. Uh, but, uh, you know, there I was. And uh, because of that, it gave me a lot of confidence you know, to come out in LA and go after what I want, you know, and I'm very, I will always be grateful to Minden, um, for that. Um, you know, they're such a large part of who I am. By the way, um, and, I don't know if you know this home of the pioneer village, home you, of the pioneer village. Had, had anyone told you that in Minden that's there. <laughs> pioneer village is there. It's the Christmas city. If you want to see a nice Christmas pageant that we do on the courthouse every, every year, uh, we do it before Christmas. It's beautiful. <laughs> I just always see the Pioneer Village sign in Minden, and, or then I and I right away you said Minden, and that's the first thing I thought of was Pioneer Village, which maybe a lot of people, a lot of people do. All right, so um, uh, so then tell us a little bit. Uh, you know, you're you're in show business now. When did you think in your childhood or whenever it was that this was something that you really thought maybe could be your future? Uh, you know. It, luckily, I didn't really think about it too. I was like, well, I like doing this. I'm going to go do that kind of a thing. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, uh, in terms of that, I know my parents were thinking about in terms of like stability and like, uh, you know, living the, the normal life. Uh, it definitely was not doing that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just had something in me that I, I wanted to go perform. You know, I wanted to go uh, just yeah, be, get to perform in front of people. And so, uh, basically out of high school, I, I auditioned for this performing group that came through town and, uh, my twin sister and I, uh, both got in and we went out to LA right out of high school, uh, to, uh, 
to train and to get a tour and perform with them all over the world. So, okay, well, hold up and and tell me more about the audition that comes through town and you end up in L.A. Yeah. I mean, you, you made it sound like it was a band of roving gypsies that were coming through, <laughs> just taking people to L.A. Well, I tell you, it, they, they came through Minden. The first year they came through Minden was my freshman year. And it was only because, and that this sounds corny, but really their bus had just sh- uh, had issues. And so Minden was like the closest town they could stay in. So they ended up coming to Minden, and um, I think it was Ben Mori who was. Uh, so, uh, so I keep thinking you're from Minden, Ben Mori. <laughs> you tell uh, oh, yeah, I know Ben. I think oh, it was Ben Mori who, oh, well, hell, you know Ben. Oh, yeah, sure, old man Mori's kid, absolutely. <laughs> ben Mori, uh, he's an angel. Uh, I think he's the one that kind of figured out they were in town and had an impromptu. So they like came and performed, and basically, it's you know. 18 to 22 year old kids who are from all over the country, uh, who, you know, predominantly you're kind of either a singer or a dancer, but, uh, you know, it, it was, it was incredible getting to do that. And, uh, yeah. And, but they came through my senior year and put on an actual workshop at our school. Uh-huh. And then, uh, they just said, Hey, you know, you should audition. And I was like, Oh, okay. So went and auditioned like, and like, did you think there was a, I mean, were you confident that something like that was going to happen with an audition like that? Do you have any no. idea? I on like for real. I was not going to audition. Be I told him I was like I'm not good enough to be in the performing group. And to be honest with you, sincerely, like I like talent level wise, there's just people in that group that were like grew up, you know, performing at these performing arts schools in New York. Mm-hmm. You know going to these concert, these um, dance conservatories dancing all year round, mm-hmm. you know? And then here I was, you know, I did show choir and I, you know, sang in the choir and whatnot, and I was all right, but definitely didn't have that kind of training, you know? Yeah. So I thought, I felt a little bit out of my league at times, like doing the workshop, which was good, you know? It's good to be uncomfortable like that. Um, but yeah, for, for whatever, you know, but they like were like, you should come audition. And I was like, all right, you know, and I told my mom, I remember telling her, like, you know, hey, it'll be good experience just to audition, you know, because that was like the first time I've ever really, really, really auditioned, you know, and mm-hmm. for someone that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and, you know, it was a little intimidating, but it was great because I got to work with them for three days and, like, do a show with them mm-hmm. before I auditioned. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took the heat off a little bit, and they're like, hey, you know, you can relax. Like, we're just going to ask you some stuff. We've seen you sing a bunch. You know, is there anything else you want to do? Or like even acting wise, you know, they were very cool. So, so are you, uh, uh, is there any trepidation about going to LA or is it just so straight up excitement because you got the opportunity? Yeah. Excitement. I was ready. I felt uh, like that was a, you ready yeah, to get yeah. out? You, re- you did it. I mean, I wasn't not, not in a negative way, but I was ready to like go be challenged and go like go after what I wanted to do, you know? And your sister, twin sisters, going there too. Does go there? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you yeah, got well, that. we actually got in. Well, now I'm going to blow your mind here. So I think part of the reason we got in is because so there's this type of tap dance called clogging. Yeah. And my sister and I co-owned a clogging studio in town. Okay. All right. So you had a you, you had really a, can't peel back the layers here, Jack. This is I thought we were talking. Jack, I just gotta say, I was totally ready to give my predictions for Nebraska football. <laughs> we'll do that and then we come the out end. the gate with this, and I'm like, 
Fred, oh, uh, predictions are a dime a dozen these days. I do not get to hear about the 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 clogging situation in Minden, which I didn't know was such a hot community. I didn't I didn't know any of this, and so I want to give Minden the credits due. I do want to get into to that, but no, no, don't, no. I just I'm laughing, you know. I'm like I'm to, making this turn. I know. I, I'm still just envisioning this. You had a clogging studio in Minden, and you and your twin sister are going out to L.A. because someone traveled. They came through, traveled through, put on a production with you. You made it, so you're going out to L.A. now. Yeah. What, what's the early? What, what's the? Uh, the the What's it like in L.A. when you get there? What do you remember about that? Well, to be very, you know, fair. They, you know, it was advertised as L.A., but once you live in L.A., you know, where we were was not really L.A., <laughs> right? Okay, fair enough. It's fair about enough. an hour, hour Southern, and a half. Southern <laughs> yeah. California. Yeah, but isn't anywhere an hour and a half in L.A.? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, So, so but Southern California, nonetheless. Yeah, Southern well, California. Still, big change. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was, the, the great thing was that you were very busy. You know, like you were doing, we were taking classes. We were of, cause you know, you worked with kids and workshops too. So you'd take classes to prepare you for that. But then you also took, you had to take because everybody was expected to dance. Like if you got on, you know, a cast of 40, cause that's what the, the tours that went out was cast mm-hmm. of 40. Mm-hmm. So like you'd get on to fill like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We need a strong ser- uh, singer. Like, Oh, we have him like to play. Like I played cat in the hat. I played, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what I went on tour a bunch with and, and some other shit too. But like you had your main things that you would fill, but you would still have to do other things. Like I had to learn how to play the drum set. You know, I had to learn for real. And like I had, when I played, did when I was up at Boyne, uh, up at Boyne Highlands, uh, which is in Northern Michigan performing at this dinner theater with the performing group, I was dancing by like, Cause it was just like a small cast of 20 that was kind of like, you know, the best of the best, whatever. That's what they uh, say that is. But like, um, I'm dancing beside like the two best, like the four best dancers in the group on this small stage. And I got to look decent, you know? So I was like up all night, like dancing and like dancing with my friend who, you know, trained at this conservatory, he'd been dancing all his life and he's helping me out because he doesn't want, I don't want to get yelled at by our choreographer. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> Gosh. you know, it was, it was, you know, it was, but it was, you know, when you were in it, it was great. It was your life. You know, it's like you wanted to, you wanted to be there in class because the choreographer was teaching ballet class. Right. Like, so you didn't miss one time I missed, this is a true story. One time I missed, I missed one class. Right. And I found out that my, that the choreographer was going to be pissed. And so I called her and I was like, Hey Robin. And she's like this Australian woman that is, does not fuck around. Um, and I was like, hey, Robin, um, I heard like I heard you upset that I was in class. I'm so sorry. Like, I got the opportunity to go to the prices right. And it <laughs> felt like a woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Robin wasn't happy about that? Oh, I left her voicemail. And I'm like, I, I saw the next day. I'm like, hey, did you hear my voicemail? And she's like, I did. Uh, I appreciate the uh, apology. And also, duh. Price is right goes year round, da. You could have gone another time. I was like, oh, okay. And she smiles at me, right? This is before the class. Middle of the class. I'm like, thinking like, oh, you know, when's this class get out? I want to, you know, go get some, excuse me, food or whatever. And she goes, Brett, da, don't look at the clock. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Robin. And 
she proceeds to rip me out in the middle of the class in front of everybody. Like she waited until I was in the, in the, you know, novice dance class or ballet class because I've never, never taken ballet mm-hmm. and all of the advanced media, uh, like medium and whatever, like intermediate and advanced yeah. students were in the, in the room. Cause it was like the end of class and she just ripped me a new one. Life and death out there, man. I'm it telling you. It sounds like it. I can't tell. <laughs> the Lincoln radio industry is not that cutthroat. That's much. <laughs> I don't have to have your stress in the clogging world in L.A. and dancing <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in, in L.A. Um, yeah. So, okay, so now's a good time to. The first time I was ever introduced to you was was somehow a Facebook video had gotten shared, and it was the one that you were doing an Eminem impersonation and <laughs> rapping about Nebraska football. And I thought it was hilarious. And uh, so I saved it on Facebook, or I say, or I shared it on, on Twitter. Um, and I think it got, I, I, I didn't know who you were then. I didn't, I didn't know anything about you. I just thought the video was hilarious. And, and then I think somehow we got connected on Twitter as a result of that. Maybe somehow, and yeah. I think that's right. But do uh, you know? You obviously know the video I'm talking about. What was the, what was the? Uh, okay, how did? First of all, I probably should fill in some of the blanks. How did you get from dancing uh, to where you're making Eminem videos? Right. It was probably a yeah. long stretch. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the great thing was being around people that are, uh, you know, better than me at, at, at all the things in the performing group, and so you know, uh, that's kind of where I got more into. Um, to singing, you know, like performing solo, like solo performance stuff. I don't need to sing with a choir, really. I guess sang maybe a couple little solos or whatever in high school, but did not like singing by myself, really. Uh, and then, so I just kind of uh, gained more confidence with that, but also with, um, I met three buddies in the performing group that we ended up starting a band together that, uh, it's kind of Cinderella story. We met a producer at this restaurant we were working at and he ended up working with us and and, um, you know, we ended up going on some, some tours and recording two full albums. And like, after that, I kind of, you know, loved writing music. And so, um, when I got to what I was kind of always came out to LA to do, uh, was comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of, uh, was like, yeah, I'm going to, I miss doing music. So I'm going to just kind of use that with, with, uh, my comedy and my so life. You did, so you did have comedy in mind when you initially went out there. Not yeah, just yeah. dancing or the music stuff necessarily. Yeah, yeah. In high school, um, you know, I was in speech and did one act plays and the, and the musicals and whatnot, and and I loved it. I mean, that was you know, my dad was a was a, a Division two college quarterback, and and you know, I loved sports, and and you know, I grew up on sports, and obviously a diehard to the <laughs> to my detriment, Husker football fan. They're awful, but he <laughs> loves them anyway. It's a toxic relationship. I'm gonna get dragged on this. It's a good thing I did it on game week. There'll be a lot of distractions, so you'll be fine. I will redeem myself at the end. You gotta listen to this whole podcast through. You will see that I'm actually That's one good. of the best. If they listen, I'm, if I'm they win the on Saturday, ones. you can just uh send IMDB a note and ask them to edit it and take out the awful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. So anyway, I, inter- I interrupted you on your. No, guess. no, no. It's, uh, you, but you, yeah, you have so, the chance to do the band. By the way, what kind of what uh, what how, what's the genre of the band? What kind of stuff are you doing with that band? Uh, it was alternative pop. Uh, we kind of uh, we did a lot of three and four part harmonies, uh, but it was more like um, you know I don't know if you listen to Fleet Foxes or for that mm-hmm. band, but like we kind of do those types of you know harmonies that oh, kind of cool. give it a different feel. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was an amazing time. Yeah, I toured with them 
all around the country for uh, three and a half years after the performing group. So, um, yeah, and still three of my best buds. And that's cool. Oh, by the way, for perspective for the listener, what year did you graduate high school? Oh, 2004. Okay, 2004. Yeah. I don't know what I thought, but I was. Just, I think. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. You should. We should ask me before. Now it's ruined. I don't know, right? Jeez. I thought 2004. Was I right? Yes, but you know, whatever. Uh, um, okay, I just thought that was that was good perspective. All right, so so you, you get done the the you get done or you take pause or whatever with the stuff that you're you're doing with the band and yeah. and somehow some of the comedy stuff starts happening. How that how that get going? Uh, so I came out, uh, my buddy from Grand Island, Nebraska, one of my best buddies, uh, Zachary Camel say, uh, he went to GI Northwest and, uh, he's out here go now. Go, go Vikings. I, are they the Vikings? I was like, yes. I, I always joke with him because the first time that I met him, uh, he goes by chemo. His nickname's chemo. Mm-hmm. First time chemo and I met each other was when we played each other in, in, uh, ju- uh, sorry, freshman, freshman, sophomore high school basketball. Oh yeah, and I had to guard chemo, and I got fucking smoked. And GI Northwest always smoked us. I don't even know why Minden should never have had to play them because they always smoked us. Anyway, that's besides the point. But well, chemo no, called no, it's me. Fine. It's, was chemo it's, the guy? Oh, wait, was chemo the guy we uh, when I did? Oh yeah, he was on my you? podcast. He was yes, on, yes, that was yes, chemo from Grand yes, Island. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I was totally like, how did well, I remember doing it, and we might have talked about it at the time, but I remember thinking, how did he find another guy that likes Nebraska football enough <laughs> oh, yeah. to do something like this? Yeah, yeah. That explains it a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, so so you met, um, I'm interrupting your story. So no, you're fine, I you're gotta, fine. I just so like I'm, to get the broad thing, and then I zoom in, and then no, we it's go, great. go into details. Dude, right, I love ahead. it. Keep I love telling, it. Me, telling me your story. So basically, Kimo and I, I mean, but Kimo and I re-met, you know, we played against each other in high school, didn't really know each other, you know, like we would, if we were at the mall and saw each other, we'd be like, yo, what's up, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, he goes out to the performing group a year after I do, we become best buddies in there. We end up living together for seven years. We go- end up moving back to Nebraska for a little short stint in between tours and whatnot. And then he texts me cause I was going to go to Chicago to train at second city in Chicago, mm-hmm. but he hits me up and he's like, dude, I want to go back to LA. Uh, I want to get into the dance industry and I know you want to do comedy. He's like, I just want to live with somebody who's like focused and ready to go. And I've known chemo like my entire life. And I was like, yep. <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, mom, I'm not going to Chicago anymore. I'm going to LA. She's like, what? I'm like, I just feel like it's a sign. And I've already done some, a little bit of stuff out there. And so anyway, that's what Wait, got me back out to LA. Real quick. Tell me about your mom. My mom. I know I bring my mom up a lot. I'm, no, no, I'm, I want to say because I'm thinking about all you. You went to you know, L.A. out of out of high school, right? Out of high school, right? You, you're going back. You're thinking about L.A. and Chicago, and like the way you sort of describe her reaction is just really cool with all this. Basically, yeah. am I reading that right? Yeah, my mom was always. She trusted me, and she always, you know, I think she really gets who I am like a little bit more than my dad does. I, mean, I think it's just my dad's more like reflexive where he's like, he's thinking about what could happen. The bad, you know, like, well, it seems like rash, you know, like you were planning on going to Chicago. Like, yeah. you know, kind of that's, but, but then eventually my dad is like, okay, that's what you want to do. You know, like if that's what you think mm-hmm. you should do it. Mm-hmm. But my mom is always like, 
she she knows that when I make a decision that I've really thought about it and that, you know, a decision like that, that I've really thought about it and, you know, it's a good one. So, so it's just yeah. like an implicit trust she has with you. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. You feel your your young kids are doing that. Um, uh, okay, so you, you you go back out there with chemo. And, yeah. And, and then what? So then that's when I got uh, uh, started. Back. I'd taken a few classes at Groundlings, but I really went back. Um, but I was living in Orange County. For anybody listening, by the way, really quickly, if you or your kids or whoever, if they want to go out and be in entertainment in L.A., like be in L.A. Don't live in Long Beach. Don't live in Orange County. Like you need to be in L.A. I know that's weird, but I did that for a little bit. And it was it wasn't a waste of time, but it was, you know, I learned very quickly. I was like, I need to move. Why up is to it LA. You just don't run into the people you need to be running into. Yeah. And, and you're just not able to. You know, if you're going to class and then just driving back an hour, you can't, you know, you're not going to be as prone to just go grab drinks with people afterwards and get to know them more. You're not going to be as prone to do a practice group outside of class. All the little things, you know, like there's even random auditions that will pop up. And it's like, oh, you should come. Like it's today. It's an open audition. Just come. You know, little that didn't happen that often. But, you know, even then, it's just being up there, meeting people. Here's a great example. There's this dude who I met. Uh, or I didn't meet. I saw him two nights ago at a bar and I hadn't seen him in years. And we kind of came up at the ground links together, but I didn't, we were never on a, on the same indie improv team or indie sketch team. We didn't really might've taken one, one day class together, but he comes up to me because we just knew each other through the community, had drank beers together a couple of times. And he's like, dude, what's up? You know? And like, you know, we had a great conversation and then I didn't even know, like, he's like, my man, he's like, we got uh, an email from your manager. He's like, I work at Seth McFarland's company. We want to bring you in for a meeting, man. I'll hit you up. I was like, sounds great, dude. You know, like, and I had no fucking clue he worked there now, you know, but again, years later. It wouldn't fucking, have happened if it wasn't for a, you know, like a. For a, going and grabbing a beer after class, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I gave a resume to a radio GM. Uh, and I didn't hear back on it till three years later. <laughs> wow! When when there was a job opening, so I get it. Uh, it's it's kind of the same same thing. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Now, okay, listener, uh, Groundlings, well, it's it's some of the best, uh, uh, the best in comedy have been through groundlings that the hall of fame or celebrity wall that they've got if they've got it there has got to be just incredible with uh big names but that's only a real general description of me sort of showing off that i know what it is uh 
Hey, hey, you nailed it, man. You did I? I don't. What it. is it? What? What didn't I say? What really is it? <laughs> no, no. That's so. It's an improv sketch school. I, I would, I would specify it by saying um, they are character POV driven. So when you're improvising, when you're, you know, you go up and they're like, "Oh, where are they? They're at a subway." Okay, you know, they don't want. They want you to play somebody who is different than yourself, mm. and they want the what you're coming they they want you to think through that person's brain and how they view the world so like that's that's the tra- you, that's where they want everything comes from which by the way um not to brag but just to show that we can really meet minds on this i was on the improv team at northwestern college orange city iowa 1999 love it, love it. i went out and tried out tried out for uh, not not that it was super stiff competition i'm sure those people in northwest iowa aren't that funny but nonetheless I tried out out of nowhere. I did it, and it was the most. Fun. I've, I've never done it since. I did it one year. Why not? And I've, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. But the guys, the people. Let me give a free shout out to my friends though from it. Uh, my, they formed an improv group in Omaha. Like all of them except me. No, that's not true. But like sixty percent of them except me. They're called eighty eight improv up in Omaha now. And I came up with that improv troupe who now does shows in Omaha. So. Shout out, look them up, especially. We'll have a lot of people in Omaha listening to this. Today. Okay, hang on a second. 88 Improv? Yeah, do you know what that is? No, but I'm writing this down because I want to see a show of theirs the next time I'm home. 88 Improv. The, yeah. the letter, or the letter, eight, the, number eight, the number 88. It's based on an inter- interstate or a highway that they drove on when they were talking about doing it. Yeah. Love it. Where do they perform? Uh, Put you on the spot here, Jack. Put you on the I don't spot. Know. Don't you have a monitor open? You can. They're like going to be screaming at their phone. I know, right? Tomorrow. Here, I, here I thought I was giving a, here. I thought I was giving a free plug to my. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, let's see. Um, it is. They are man. They are Omaha's longest. Hold on, I messed that up. Omaha's longest-running long-form improv comedy tune we perform and teach around the Midwest and are regulars at Backline Improv Theater in Omaha. Backline, nice. All right. So anyway, there's a giant, giant digression from it. But yeah, what were you, what was, what was uh, doing what you were doing at Groundlings like? Uh, I'm not going to lie. that uh, The Groundlings program is pretty competitive. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I, but here's a plus because of that. Um, you know, it, basically, you have, so you have to audition to get in, which the audition isn't bad. The audition, it's basically like they want to make sure that you're not making it all about you and that you, you know, are not a, a person that's just going to go wild in class. And they're like, what is going on here? Right. Um, uh, and then, you know, once you get into the program, then you have to take these classes and, uh, there's five levels and, there's 15 people in a class, and on average, I would say, like, three to four pass. Wow. And you can repeat the first class twice. You can repeat the second class twice. And then the the, the fourth and the fifth classes. Or the third, the, the third class, you can repeat once. Fourth and the fifth classes, you can't repeat. Wow. So and the fifth guess. class, it's like, you don't even, it's not even, like, passing, really, the fifth class. It's like... You're either done. You've either completed the curriculum, or you get asked to be in the Sunday. Wow, company. Brett, give me a sense of what this like a class like this is like, though. What are you doing? What are you learning or performing or whatever? What are you being evaluated on exactly? Well, so the first in the first level class, you're you're being given and kind of implemented 
the the groundlings technique of hey you're going to play this character you're going to be speaking from their pov not yours so when you get a suggestion you pop that into a character and that's you're speaking as them you're acting and moving as them and you're emotional like you're responding emotionally as them not yourself mm-hmm. the whole idea is that one it gets you out of your own head you're not trying to think of what's the funniest thing what's the you know you're just playing this character who and you're not trying to think of the funny thing to say you're 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 thinking about what does this person care about and what is a person who they're in a scene with saying that affects what they care about mm-hmm. and that's you know and it's you know it's obviously a technique to learn and, and to really i mean in, that's a lot of thinking in improv when you get the you know the the where or whatever first, and then you've got to develop that as you're going and improv all of the well, detail that you're talking about right. from the POV stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, and they train this into you and you really, it's training, but it's also as anybody that's done improv knows, it's just getting up there enough times. So where you eventually just don't give a shit and you just start making choices, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like yeah. that's, that's like, that's the fun of it was when you just stop giving a shit and you're just like, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to like make strong choices on stage. I'm going to, you know, in groundlings, choose to be emotional, you know, respond, like let the littlest things affect you. Um, that's like, that's where the funny is, you know? Um, anyway. That sounds like all the stuff I was doing right in Orange City in 99 then. Just to recap, I think I did everything you said um, <laughs> at, at groundlings. You can do it. You could be on Grand Sunday Life. company, man. You'd be fine. Uh, that's cool. So, so. So what's what's next for you after you get to go go through whatever that ended up being at Groundlings for you? Uh, it was great. Simultaneously, I was uh, you know we kind of started again. So in the Groundlings, met some peeps that I really uh, you know uh, connected with uh, comedically. Um, started this little uh, sketch group on the side, and we started doing live sketch shows, and then we started uh, uh, doing uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, and. I just watched the one a few days ago, Brett. That was the uh, about the Apple iWatch when the rings close. Oh, cool. <laughs> when I go okay. home and drink. <laughs> 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 that was a great one. Yeah, I don't want to spoil thank it for anybody. You. Well, I already kind of did. I kind of did, but uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So it's people. You, okay, you're going. You're going to. And by the way, are you like waiting tables this entire two time? Yeah, like, making yeah, money 100%. in some way. How yeah, much of a struggling LA? Yeah, uh, artist are you? It's a, yeah. I mean. I worked at, I, I, from, I, I don't know why I did the math for someone the other day. And I said this and I was like, my God, um, I worked in the restaurant bar industry from, uh, the time that I was, uh, well, and when I was in the young Americans, I worked uh, the performing group when it was off and on, I'd work at Quiznos. You know, when I was home from tour, I'd work at Quiznos, but really, like, really doing it weekly from the time I was 22, clear up until right before the pandemic. Jeez. Yeah. So you got that going so, on. And I'm, and I'm 37. And you're still... So like, till I was 30. And yeah, that entire time, you're still so, yeah. looking for work or doing other work, hopefully, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've... I've gotten a lot of great opportunities with, with acting and, you know, more recently with writing stuff that's really helped me move into the space I'm in now, uh, where I can just, you know, a hundred percent, uh, you know, dedicate my energy to, uh, creative stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, but that's the grind, you know, uh, honestly it was nine years 
it, it took me nine years here in LA doing comedy and grinding and, you know, being around some very talented people. Um, I got to go to, you know, so I did the ground links thing. I also did UCB and just got to perform three years, uh, with some incredibly talented people, um, and, and people who are now just killing it, you know? And so just getting to be around people like that for three years and just soaking all that in and, and getting to just really build chemistry with, with them and true friendship. They're some of my closest buddies. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's special. That's, that's great. To, how much, I don't know. How much does, does luck factor in to success in, in LA and the entertainment industry? I think you got to have a little bit of luck, but I'll be honest with you. I, this is why I would say, and again, I'm not trying to like, but I feel like people, if, if you are from Nebraska and you want to come out to the entertainment to do entertainment, especially on the creative side, um, you have a one up because I think that Nebraska people, small, you know, like Midwest people in general, probably, um, are just, I think we just care about meeting people, like sincerely meeting people, not just like, uh, as a thing where it's like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, networking or whatever. Right. It's uh, when doing I, and, it, not doing it just for the future value you might get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you can't teach, you know, hmm. it's just like having a sincere conversation with somebody. And I'm not concerned about, what what the meetings even set for, right? We know this is the meeting of, to talk about this project, but Nebraska people can sit down and just talk to somebody and just get to know them in the first five, 10 minutes. And like, it's because that's how we just grew up. It's like, in, it's a part of who we are. Do you think you that, that made you stand out? Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that, I mean, and I know that's, that's what you're saying essentially, but like, could you tell, did, did, did people say that to you? Did people react to you like you were an alien when you when you realized that was a thing that you were more innately able to do than people from different parts of the country? Well, you know, I I didn't and I didn't really start. I've become uh you know a little more. I started going to therapy this year, Jack. By the way, if you're not going to therapy, get to therapy, folks. It's amazing. It really helps you kind of uh, dig into some deeper parts of yourself and empowers you you know everybody like, everybody i've talked to who does it says that it feels like yeah, in my life at least it's it's been wonderful for me and mm. and it just like this is you know where i always had this instinct of when i mean i i always but in meetings you know it, uh, like if you're meeting somebody for in the industry or whatever like it's hard not to talk about the thing that you're meeting about right away or to stick a, on industry stuff you know but Midwest peeps, like, we're fine to just shoot the shit, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, that's really how we get to know people. And, you know, every time I go back to Nebraska and I stay with my cousin in Omaha, I just meet more people who are just incredible people that really give a shit about mm -hmm. people, you know? And I think that, again, I feel like that's inherently in Nebraska people and a lot, you know, and a lot of Midwest people. I really, truly feel that. That's cool. I don't know if I'm like that, but that's cool. Yeah, you are, man. You are. And it's no, real. I mean that. And people listen to me like, oh, this is corny as fuck. No, that's fine. No, but for Brett, real, no, I can tell you that. I mean, this is real life shit. Uh, I'm having this conversation. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 this is an easy conversation. To have. It also benefits me. That's not why I'm doing it. But, you know, it, it also benefits me. It's the person, you know, 
who wants to chat at your office door when you're at work, for, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. The person after church, the, you know, those sorts of things that I'm, ba- I'm, I don't have that part of me in. But, but I, I, I think what you're say, saying absolutely is true, though. There's a yeah. big impact of the community around you in your upbringing, I think, when it comes to that. And having that either modeled or having your own experience with it uh, yeah. makes, makes a huge, huge difference. What is it like, you know, not knowing you were, you, I, I mean, you've, you've worked some things, and, and I'm sure that were short gigs, even a day gigs, some that are longer, like, not being able to look at your calendar four months ahead and being like, well, this is what I'll be doing at this point, because yeah. I, I think that would drive me nuts. Mm. I mean, I I love that part of it, mm. of of the not knowing what you're going to be doing next and, and trusting that, you know, trusting the stuff that you're creating creatively you know, and as long as you're consistent with that and continue to push yourself in that way, that that is going to pay off is like, I love that. I love the possibilities, you know, and um, I love. I love like getting to go to work and being creative, dude, when I. OK, so I wrote on. I wrote on a Marvel TV show mm-hmm. and dude, it was incredible to go to work and I'm quoting, you can't see me people, but to go to work every day is crazy. And I really had that moment of like, yeah, this is why I fucking did mm-hmm. those years of serving tables. Mm-hmm. Like that was worth it. That was 100% worth it. Mm. Like that was such a great feeling, you know? Because sometimes you can feel like a crazy person, like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm fucking 36 years old. I graduated top 10% of my class. I blah, 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 blah. You know, but I chose to come out here. I'm sharing an apartment with three other dudes, you know, serving three to four nights a week, still doing improv shows, doing sketch shows, doing YouTube videos. Some of them have gone off, but that's not getting us any money. Like, what are we doing here? And then... I get a random ass email from the showrunner of the of the show saying, "Hey, I saw a few of your videos. Thought they were dope. Do you have any writing samples?" And this is where you know he. This is where luck meets whatever meets whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I got on. So I performed on Groundlings Sunday Company. Uh, so that's at Groundlings. It's you know after the fifth level, they have to ask you to be on it, and it's very whatever. Uh, and so then you get to perform every Sunday for six weeks and you perform new sketches and uh, every week. And it's very, it's a very, you know, hoity toity credit, whatever. Um, and on, uh, while I was doing one of those shows, a woman came to the show, saw my show and then randomly started following me on Instagram afterwards. Months later, she texts that to her friend to text one of my videos to a friend and just like, and says, ha ha, he watches it. Then he watches some other videos, thought thought they were funny. That was the showrunner of the Marvel TV show. Wow. Yeah. And so and is that is it something you're still you're currently in the middle of or done with? What's the situation? So with I got because listeners will be interested in that. Uh, so I finished up. Uh, I finished up. Uh, I'm and I'm sorry I can't. They're just insane. Uh, I finished up at the end of January. Okay. And and it'll be coming out next year. 
tell me as much as you can without being killed. That's all I need. <laughs> hey, I will tell you this story. I will just so you guys know how crazy Marvel is. But I get it, you know. So uh we were still doing we would do like every other so like half of the people would go in because we had ten people. And so uh to be, you know, uh COVID compliant or whatever, um, we did half the room in the in the writer's room and then the other half would be on zoom and then we'd switch it up. And so, yeah, I mean, the first time I went in there, the first 10 minutes, the security guy is what they call him came in and he did a 15 minute talk. And at the end of it, he ended it with basically, if there is a leak, we will find it. And you will be let go immediately and most likely taken to court. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Am I going to get in trouble too then? <laughs> right. Is he here? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know where he comes through your wall. He comes through your drywall. <laughs> Jump scare. <laughs> Uh, Brett, tell, tell me what a writer's room is like. I've imagined, like, I'm way into like now this podcast with, um, with with uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade, and then you know, listen to that yeah, super popular, to, super popular on Smartless, and and you know, a lot, but the the both of them they talk a lot about you know the comedy world and that sort of thing. Yeah. But hearing about the SNL process on uh, mm. on uh, what is it called, Fly on the Wall. Uh, with with those those two guys, fascinating. And I always have you know they're always talking about these writers' rooms, and I I just can't imagine <laughs> is everyone yelling at each other? Are they writing like what's a writers' room like exactly? Yeah, everyone's just screaming. You got to be the loudest one in the room. Like, is there a uh, whiteboard where it was like, <laughs> no, erase that, no, no, put that back in? What yeah, is yeah. it? <laughs> well, so uh, well, and I do want to say I do want to preface this too. SNL is its own beast. Yes. Uh, I have a few friends who work on the show, and I promise you, it is like no other show on television. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in good and bad ways. I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but with you know, with our room, and every room is different. Mm. And and uh, to be fair to SNL, every room has good and bad things. So and no shade to SNL. I, it's just a very, you know, it's a it's a competitive environment for sure. Mm. Um, and so. But basically, we had 10 writers, and um, yeah, we just would kind of um, pitch on on 
um, you know, pitch ideas. And then we would, you know, talk about them, kind of formulate. And then we kind of got, um, we'd start with a broad outline of an episode. You know, we had a soup, they gave us a super broad, you know, kind of, um, I wouldn't even call it an outline. It was like a, a path for the season. And then, you know, slowly but surely, we kind of whittled that down to like, to, you know, outlines for each episode. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was dope. I mean, I will be honest. I was the only comedy writer in the room. I wondered uh, about that given yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so I was uh, intimidated and, and grateful at the same time that I was the only comedy writer in the room. Uh, I should, I almost like regret even saying that because now everyone's going to be like, watch. Uh, they don't know what I worked on, so we're fine. Uh, well, I'm going to watch every one and figure it out, but nonetheless. <laughs> it'll, um, I mean, it'll eventually be released. We'll find, yeah, it's not yeah. like it's always going to keep it, be kept in secrecy, I don't believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, oh, yeah, you're, people got to look on the credits, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did not, by no means did I write all the comedy, and the comedy's definitely, a lot of it's going to be punched yeah, up on set. At least you didn't write any change, of the bad whatever. comedy in it, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the funny stuff, <laughs> that was me. Is there like a dude in the writer's room who's like, yeah, I like that. That goes in. And yes, like, yes, like, yes. Bad idea. Bad idea. Medium idea. Good idea. Uh, uh, they never, no, they, they'll never say bad. Um, okay. Um, they, they'll, you know, they'll, we'll just like keep talking and, you know, but if they like something, you know, the, the showrunner or the, the, you know, uh, another upper level person would, would say, you know, yes, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the assistant writer would write that down and it was definitely a thing that would get put into the script. No, it still could get taken out. And I promise you there's been, you know, like obviously everyone knows, you know, the scripts get written, but then there's rewrite after rewrite after rewrite. You get on set, there's more rewrites, you know, so, um, but. Is a, is a writer's room got more actual writing or just verbal ideas off? The room off is more. Yeah, yeah. The room is more, the room is there to discuss ideas, to break down, you know, if, if there's a script that's been read to talk over notes in the script, if there's something that, um, you know, if, if there's a note that multiple people had, then we'll really, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's probably like a, I mean, if, if there's a bigger note that everyone's addressing, then they'll be like, okay, let's talk about this. Why does everyone feel this way? Blah, 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 blah. And then we'll, you know, talk about how, ways that we can, you know, uh, fix it. And so, um, or not fix it, but adjust it. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, but it was, it was, you know, I would say the first couple of weeks, I mean, not gonna lie, I felt a little intimidated because there were novelists, like it was my first room. Um, and there were like novelists in the room and like the, one of the top guys is also a cinephile. And so he's, he would be like, Oh, have you seen this? And we're like, no, no. And I like look it up and it's like this short film that won Tribeca in 2017. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Brett, you are fucking going your way. I'm like, you are trash. What were you doing all those years? <laughs> Well, you had a lot to get over then, but it sounds like you you did uh, oh, eventually with that with that whole thing. All right, well, just tell, yeah. just do me a favor and like DM me when it says, I will, like, I will. and be like, "That's the one." That's the one. <laughs> okay. And I then will. the and then I don't think there'll be any access by the scary security guard to our DM, so we should. Be yes, yes, yeah. Once it releases, it will be good. 
Good. <laughs> you, were, you you talked a little bit. I I love the the YouTube comedy shorts you guys have done. I think that's fair that's way to describe comedy shorts. Is that okay? Is that the right thing? Uh, or sketches? sketches yeah, yeah. Sketches, sketch, or, sketch videos. Yeah. Or, or or sketches. Um. But you you mentioned it earlier. I wondered how hard is it to make money on that, and how yeah, often you do you guys you don't at all. I mean, I, or, that's or, or yeah. what you do is not breaking you above even on the thing. Yeah, that's the difficult thing. I mean, it's interesting because I just, you know, I don't know. I started doing very, very recently um, just because I'd done sketch and improv for a while, and it was great, but I wanted something to kind of stretch my legs and honestly, like, be able to talk about my disability more easily because when when I would do sketch, um, you know, I'd play. sometimes i play a disabled character and, like on stage or like joke about my, you know, like mm-hmm. having a fuse back or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'd get like, again, packed theater in LA and they'd be like, Oh, <laughs> and it was like, Oh, and I wanted so bad to break the fourth wall and just be like, Oh, do you feel sorry for me? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I think you said that, you know, like, so I've started doing stand up and it's been so cathartic, you know, like, so whenever anybody's like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, is that wrong? <laughs> How tough okay. is that? It was, how how intimidating was that when you first did it? After oh, you know, dude, it sucked. It pissed me off. I literally like when I went off stage, I was like, dude, fuck that, fuck this, fucking, you know, like I was just mad, you know. Uh, but because sometimes with some with the same sketch, I would get it would crush. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. It, the you know, crowd, it just the it crowd. would crush. It was, it, yeah, the, yeah. The crowd, were they in different like venues or the same venue? No, same. It was at Sunday Company at Groundlings so Theater. Just totally yeah. the people. Just yeah. totally the people. Yeah. Crazy. You want to keep yeah. doing that, no. or are you going to try and do more of that? I mean, more, well, I'm uh, stand up well, stuff. Oh, stand up stuff. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm going to mics and bombing. I mean, it's great. I'm loving it, dude. <laughs> I haven't felt like this since I first started improv. You know, like seriously, it's great. You know, it's good to just be like, fuck. I need to really dig in on this. You know, it's how great. I love it. How how intensely or not intensely isn't a good word. How meticulously is a stand up when you're going up to do stand up? Is the act planned in advance in terms of order transitions? You know, well, in mics, where, where, where are you gonna go? Yeah. In in mics, I mean, it always varies. Some you know, some people like have it ready to go and they're not using like a phone. Like, but a lot of people will literally just have it on their phone and they'll be like, "Uh, yeah." And seriously, yeah, the whole phone, yeah. And which to me, I'm with you, man. I, I'm like, but don't get me wrong. There's some like, there's touring standups that'll show up at mics. I'm like, oh shit, damn, that's crazy. That in my opinion, I'm like, mad respect to them for even going to open mics because they're like a touring standup. That's like their living. Right. And they just walk up and they don't give a shit. Like they will literally look at their phone, say the, say the jokes. So a lot of times they'll bomb. They don't even give a shit. They're like, all right, cool. Thank you. And they're like a huge. We're like, but a, that's what it is. Though. We're like a step away, Brett, from people in movies just taking their phone with their lines on them right next to it. No, that's different. That's different. Stand ups. That's the thing that I'm getting used to too. Is like it's kind of cool to not care if you're in you know stand up world. Yeah. You know that's it. Like it's so it's so much about being and especially now I feel like people really respond to. If you haven't seen it, HBO Max. I highly recommend. Um, go watch uh, uh, Gerard Carmichael's uh, special. It is, he talks to the, he tells the audience right away at the top. He's like, Hey, I just want this to kind of be an open thing. Like, you know, feel free to talk to me. 
That sounds but so it was, tough. It was, it was, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm it's sure, funny. It's like heartbreaking. Off, yeah. I, I mean, and it takes years to be able to do that kind of shit. Though, and be you know funny. I mean? Not yeah. only to do it, but be funny when you're, when you're doing it. Yeah. Which is. When Gerard, dude, he started young. I mean, he had his own. Gerard Carmichael was a stand up. If you don't know who he is, I highly recommend you look into him. He has a new movie out on Hulu too. I'm actually his new manager. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, he's dope. Gerard Carmichael. You gotta check him That's out. Cool. Uh, but at a very young age, he was like 22, I think, had his own TV show on NBC. It was a like multicam sitcom. It was his own show on NBC when he was like 22. Wow. Pretty fucking yeah, dope. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, um. So what? Oh, wait. What was your initial question? Sorry. I it was no like I, I have literally no idea. I, I mean, they're gonna I, be like, this guy didn't answer any of the fucking questions. He just well, listens to him and he starts off. It, it, it's it's like Brett's trying to tell this nice story from beginning to end, and then I just, just rock it in there and dude, completely no, kick you're us fine. off track. All the questions are great, dude. It's, no, it's totally fine. I'm so I'm just I'm so fascinated with. Oh, you were, yeah, you were asking if I wanted to keep doing stand up. Yeah, I love stand up. Yeah. Love keep doing it. I, I have a backyard show. Here you go, another Nebraska thing. My cousin, who is from Lincoln, Nebraska. Let's go. Yes, let's fucking go. Her and her wife let me host a comedy show in their backyard. And they live here in L.A. And it's beautiful. And it's become, you know, a little dope show. We've got some pretty dope uh, comedians to come and perform on. And they're all they're good buddies. and You know, oh, but yeah. Look at all you Nebraskans. Just, yeah. Or, you guys, are, or us, me, we are everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not. I'm here. I'm in Lincoln. I'm exactly where you know where you'd expect to find me. But <laughs> how much? Uh, okay, so I, I said I discovered I discovered you, uh, which didn't matter. But I discovered you with the with the Eminem video. How much Husker stuff have you done, or wanted to you know, or even pitched that you're you know people with you weren't like yeah I don't I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, everybody that knows me out here knows that I'm from Nebraska. Yeah, that's you, something you flaunt I, it. Like, yeah, you I love Nebraska. It. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking. I have a song that's called "Don't Make Fun of Nebraska." Yes, yes. Uh, that's yeah. one of them. I was thinking of with this question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've. I want to shoot TV back in Nebraska, man. I want to get a show back there. Um, we can do it, and we will. Um, That'd be cool. But yeah, yeah. But um, I'm think. Hold on. I'm thinking like Yellowstone. But on a Nebraska corn farm, and uh, and funny. So <laughs> yeah, not exactly. All like Yellowstone. Well, so what I want to <laughs> do? Yeah, I've, honestly, I have a show that's like uh, it's basically takes place on a on a small town Nebraska corn and soybean farm, like the one where I grew up or grew up working uh, in high school. And uh, yeah, it's about this dude. So I write, you know, I write these funny songs or whatever, and it's about this dude who foregoes going to college to pursue his music career and his parents think he's crazy, but then he gets this agent who, you know, the audience, we think it's like a huge agent. And then it's revealed in the pilot episode that she's also kind of like needs him to hit big. And then we kind of see them grow together. Cool. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Let's get it. Um, Let's get yeah. it. It'd be, you gotta get that film be revenue. Get that film revenue into the state anyway. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need build that. The Let's commerce, go. Right. We can <laughs> yeah. build that dang East Beltway in Lincoln, maybe. <laughs> this is for the East Beltway. Everything is for. If you want to donate to the East Beltway, uh... yeah, make sure we get this show on the air somehow. We figure it out. Talk to talk to everybody. You might run into somebody who works for Netflix or something. So make sure. Yeah, anywhere. 
Crazy. Uh, so were you? I think you said this at the beginning. You were you were into sports as a spe- like the Huskers though. Were you in? How yeah. much is it? When did that happen for you as a kid? And how did it manifest itself? Oh man, I grew up with them. Man, I I remember you know uh, when we were in out at recess. You know, if you were on offense, you were either Tommy Frazier or Lawrence Phillips or um, uh, uh, Muhammad. Abdul Muhammad. Uh, yeah, Abdul Muhammad. Like a week ago, it was awesome. Yeah. I was very excited. Dude, Abdul Muhammad is—he's a good dude. Uh, you know, if you're a receiver, you're you, you're Abdul Muhammad. If you're on defense, you know, you're playing Ed Stewart. Mm. You're playing one of the Ralph brothers. Like it was glory days, man. Everybody had a Nebraska starter jacket. Yeah. You know. That's in, so, well, you know, you're you're because my senior year in high school was '96. Like I was literally in high school when all of that was happening. Yeah. which was amazing. You're about eight years. You're about eight years ahead of me. And, and it was interesting. I just had my son, who's 17, on the podcast last week because. And I asked yeah, him. I was like, I was like, I was like, do you have any other friends? And he goes to high school in Lincoln, that are, you know. And, and I've obviously it raised him to be a fan. There was not really a question, and he's turned into a crazy one like me. Um, but I said, is there anyone that you can think of that you're a peer with that even comes close to that level? A fandom for Nebraska in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he was like, Nope, not really. I was like, Do you talk to anybody about Huskers at school? He's like, eh, Not very much. Like, it's crazy. And wow. Because that's what we did. But it sounds like still at your, you know, at, at your age, too, uh, that was, it was, ev- it was an, it was, it was an everybody thing. Yeah. Right? Wow. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I'm on a text thread, you know, with, my buddies from high school, and we yeah, year round we're talking about high school yep. football. Yeah, I have one of those too. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm now, texting. I don't know about you on game days, so I'm texting that group thread. Then I'm texting Chemo. Then I'm texting my other butter t- buddy Tyler Keezer from Cambridge, Nebraska. Really have time and to I, watch. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, my dad's texting me slash calling me after every quarter usually. And then I mean, it's just. And then my cousins, my cousin Drew, will text me here and there. And then yeah, the worst see. is when they sport like I always seem to be on the service. I have YouTube TV now, but it doesn't matter what service I am. I'm perpetually 30 seconds behind everyone else in the universe and however that they're watching. Oh. And so I'll get text spoilers during games and it feels like they're always bad. And then I know it's coming and that that's sucks. the problem with multiple with text threads now. Yeah. Uh, at, 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 you know, in 2022, but yeah. Um, so you, so everybody was there, you, you, what were your, what were your memories of, of games or moments or, or when was the first time that you kind of have something specific about that? Well, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen it, Jack, but there was this great video that, um, it was a hype video. Um, but it was one of the better hype videos that I've seen done. Of course there, I know that Nebraska video team's incredible. I don't know if it was them or not, but it got some of the best moments I don't know. It was like really well done. Anyway, I was there for when um, we played uh, Colorado and Rashawn Salam, mm-hmm. uh, and we held them to like under a hundred yards rushing. Yeah. So, uh, so and 90... and it was and it, who was the quarterback? It was a he was a play for the for the Steelers. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart, and then also uh, Michael Westbrook. Michael Westbrook, yeah, was a receiver. So um, Ninety four, yeah. Yeah, I think they they were top five. So I was there for that game. Okay. Um, I was uh, there for the uh, game against Oklahoma with Scott 
or the, uh, excuse me, uh, Eric Crouch, Eric yeah. Crouch, uh, pass, same number. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was there for the, the Colorado game, which my dad wanted to leave the, the Colorado game where, uh, Alex Henry from Carney, Nebraska, yes. Carney Catholic, yeah. uh, kicked the, he said, coach, I can make this. And he made like a 58 yard or some right. shit like that to win yeah. the game. And, then and it was cold as shit. Yeah, and then intercepted it. Intercepted it. Stopped over. Oh god, okay, dude, it was. And my dad almost made us leave. He's like, "We're leaving. We're gonna beat." I'm like, "Dad, no, no." And then we're like, it, "What I love about Nebraska fans is everybody fucking stays." And so we're walking in the stadium, and we hear like more cheering, and that's what made my dad stop and did. Well, maybe let's go, let's go. So we stood in the fucking aisleway and watched Henry make that kick, <laughs> and then we saw Sue just. Do that fucking thing from the aisleway. I was so, yeah. and I was like, if we would have left and missed that, I would have been so pissed at you. <laughs> Things didn't even look that bad in that game. Oh, like that's oh, a quick, my dad is. I feel like that's a quick leash on leaving the game early, and and you know, I don't, I'm not proud of it, but I've done that at times. But I don't yeah. think that would have been a consideration in that game. Wow. I, you know, I think my dad is extra salt. So he has this like. So he played quarterback for UNK back in the day, and he just has this fucking, like, unbridled, like, competitiveness that he's passed along to me. And it's, you know, it's good and it's bad, but it, you know, he just can't stand, and I know what it feels like. He can't stand to watch his team lose, you know, when we should have won. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and we all feel that. Mm-hmm. And getting into, I'm going to redeem myself now. Okay. So this is my history as a Nebraska fan. I've been a Nebraska fan since, safe to say, since I was born. I love Nebraska. I, um, I have gone to Oregon to see them play. I've gone, I wanted to go to Ireland and it just didn't work out, but gone to Oregon, gone to Fresno, gone to, you know, I've seen them all over the country. And I think the thing that's hard for me is that, and why I say they're awful in a, in a loving way is like, it's kind of my, way of dealing with how close we were last year in so many games. There was a video that got put out. I don't know if you saw it. Um, it was like on YouTube. It's like, I think the title is Nebraska was the best three and 19 or three and eight, whatever the fuck it was team. And I watched it and it again, another well done video, but I think it's like YouTube dude. He shows the, the part of the game where we go ahead in the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And he showed all the games. Mm-hmm. So you see where we like, you know, and if it's a blowout, he doesn't show that much, but like part of the game where we go ahead and like all the things that lead up to us losing a game. And I'll tell you right now, if we have a quarterback that can just take care of the ball, like on average, just on average, and not be one of the worst turnover quarterbacks in the NCAA, if we can have a quarterback that's like that, if our special teams can just be average and not horrible. Or I, Dude, I knew that they were bad, and I knew they lost those games. Dude, I want to say they lost us at least three games last year. The amount special teams, the flip that would be made. I was talking to Josh Peterson about this the other day on on another podcast we were doing, and yes, you're right. If you did change virtually nothing about the offense or defense outside of these factors, in, that you know, special teams, you didn't you you played average or slightly above average special te- special teams on a whole. You cut your turnovers lost, I don't know, by 20%, 30%. It would have such an incredible impact on the success of the team. But, 
you know, they got to show that they can do it. It's been it's been an issue for a while. And then yeah. the other the other thing I think a part of it is is I think the mental side of it. I think that there's been so many times where you know the you know, Lucy's pulled the ball away from Charlie Brown essentially that you start to believe it's that's you know you're punch drunk at that point. Yeah. And and they they've got to get around that too. I I'm hopeful because there's so many I mean you're going to have to print off your roster before the game on Saturday. There are so many people that weren't a part of the team last year or part of the culture whatever it is here in Lincoln and it makes it really interesting in how they'll respond uh those new new guys especially oh god i'm getting okay i can't what would make you oh i just you know what i'm thinking too i don't even have to say any words yeah. to you right yeah. now because you know you know what i'm thinking yeah i'm just yeah i'm already emotionally this is my therapy since i don't pay for one so i i uh I'm already trying not to let myself get even think about what the sweet optimism, the, the, what what sweet happiness, yeah. sweet sport, because I know it'll hurt worse if I've thought about it that much. I'm actually just trying to, yes, I'm going at, I'm making sure I don't get hurt, hurt worse than I need to down the road. Okay, well, I made, and I'm going to read it because I wrote it because I wanted to be prepared for your podcast. Okay. Uh, this is, I love that you, this is a sweet, optimistic, Prediction. Okay. Because I'm trying to be optimistic. That's why I quit. So I had a Nebraska podcast and Kim and I were doing it. But as we just throughout the year, last year, the season, I was like, I, it's hard for me to be positive right now. So I don't think I should be doing a podcast. <laughs> for real, you know, and I was getting, you know, things were getting busier as well. But like, also I talked to Kim, I was like, dude, I just don't have anything, you know, like I thank God for our volleyball team, but I just don't. And, but then when our basketball team had such a poor showing, I was like, dude, I don't think I can. I think yeah. I should just shut it down, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you don't have anything positive to say, just keep it to yourself. That's what I've been doing. Uh, but with all that, I'm being positive. This is my positive prediction. If our QB, like I was saying before, if our QB takes care of the ball and our special teams can be at least average, we can win eight to nine games this year. However, I think that we lose three of our last four finishing with Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I think we beat Oklahoma. It's going to be Scotty's first big win. They start four and zero in, back in, or whatever. in this scenario. They start I, yes, yes. This is a positive. You know, trying to be again. Here's why I think we can beat Oklahoma because Oklahoma's got say what you want. I know he was great at UCF, but. He's a brand new quarterback in a brand new system playing his first big power five football game in one of the best stadiums to ever do it. Nebraska fans will be fucking ready. And I'm telling you, let's fucking go. Now you're fucking seeing what kind of fan I am, audience. Okay? Uh, by the way, Brett, I also love how, you know, this this podcast will be on our website and somebody's going to see the description in like December. And then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to this. And then, you know, uh, after Oklahoma beat Nebraska by 40. <laughs> They're like, man, that guy does not know anything. Everything you just said was false. I very much hope that is not the case. In your, how would you? Okay, if the season played out according to your prediction, how would you feel about it afterwards? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Would you take that now if I offered it to you? Yeah, I mean, it would. I, I think that we need to be ready to have a rough last half of the season. Okay. I think that that is, I mean, that is a really tough end of the season. And like, eventually we're going to have to get used to that and, and we'll, we'll get better and better, better. But like, I don't know. I just think that those teams, I think, I think Michigan, Wisconsin, we maybe beat Iowa. I think we could beat Iowa. So maybe we lose two of the four last, which wouldn't be as bad. Let but, me ask, if you could what what if you could pick one you just have a guaranteed win and which one do you want the most on this schedule right now I don't know I I love beating Wisconsin Yeah Wisconsin to me I get that Iowa's like the trophy or whatever but to me Wisconsin is the new Colorado hmm. I want to beat Wisconsin okay. and I want to go to Wisconsin and beat Wisconsin That'd be nice they've been close we've never done that times. yeah we've never won in wisconsin and yeah, we can do it non-pass interference call i'm still mad about might have cost him the game last year but i'm not going to talk about bad calls but you know what it, hopefully step. yes and but hopefully and obviously there you know there's always going to be games that come down to that but hopefully we have less games that come down yes. to a player two yeah you know if if our man our our special teams last year were just missed and the the problem with the special teams, like missing a, a point a PAT, mm-hmm. having a weird we'd score, weird and then we'd have a yep. weird kickoff that, and then they start on the thirty five. It's like what? It's like we just couldn't be like, all right, here we go, we're on the train. It's like, yeah, all right, guys, like, oh. like it was like, and that gets in your head though as a yeah. team. Or you get it blocked and it gets run back. Didn't Oklahoma do that? Yeah, yeah, that's what got in their head too. Yeah. Just fluky. I mean, the Michigan State, I think the worst special teams play in our season. Well, I don't know. It's tough to say, but like, when they, when they gotta be the one way. or two. When they when we, Michigan, we, Michigan yeah. State, that let them back in the game. And that's why they won. Without that game, there's no way. Without, without that play, there's no way they win that game. We, we, ha- dude, they couldn't do anything against our defense. I know. God, I hope this works on Saturday. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do this after. I can't get into to you know crazy pants on fire, hot seat, everything mode. Uh, everybody fighting everybody and sad in August. Yeah. Still, I can't. I can't. I mean, that's, well, I, 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 yeah. just, I don't know. I'm hoping that we have a you know again our quarterback play is going to be different. Just keeping it real. No shade to Verduzco, but I'm interested to see. You know, the difference in quarterback play. Yeah. I think Verduzco just seemed like a guy who was 
wildly intelligent, but also like kind of like a, I don't know, just a very different cat. You're, you're trying to say he always had an unlit cigar in his mouth. <laughs> well, I literally have, on Instagram. It's like, tell me or tell me you smoke weed without telling me you smoke weed. And it's literally him being like, yeah, Spencer Rattler. How's that for a name for an Oklahoma quarterback? Rattler. That's pretty cool. It's like, what? That's the guy that's making decisions, telling you how to think when you're in the pocket. Jesus. No wonder he can't make a fucking decision back there. Uh, do you get do people flip you crap when you wear Nebraska stuff, or does nobody care in LA? Hell no! And if they do, I'm like, I don't fucking take it. Okay. Like you've been, you know what I always say? Someone's like, "Oh, Nebraska." I'm like, "You been there?" No. And what are you talking about then? That's what I always say. How's that work? People that go to Nebraska, I seriously, anyone that's been to Nebraska, they're like, "Are you from Nebraska?" I'm like, "Yeah." And they always have, even if they don't have family there, they're like, they'll speak well about it. They're like, "Yeah, you know, I was randomly in." Omaha, our flight got diverted there, and we went out downtown, and it was so lovely. You know, like, things like that. It's always, like, this random, you know. There was one that, um, which I love, and is 100% Nebraska, and I, it's happened to me. Um, they had their car breakdown in Nebraska, and she said that, uh, and it was on this highway. It wasn't on the interstate, and, like, but she said that, she's, like, almost, she's, like, I want to say every other person that came by stopped. To make sure we we're okay and see if we needed help. It's like that's why they call it the good life. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what was your reaction when you heard about uh, USC and UCLA? <laughs> I love it, baby. Come on out here. Gonna I'm gonna say, be throwing tailgates. I was Let's gonna go. say, assuming you're staying out in that area, you get to host Husker games. Yes, like yes. probably every year or close Dude, to I that. live I live 15 minutes from the Rose Bowl, so I got a I got a pool. We'll do a little pregame at my house. We'll dip I'm in coming. the pool. Little nice little Uber, fifteen minute Uber. This is a good life, baby. Good life out here in L.A. Come on. <laughs> that uh, I, well, I bet it would be a good life for a weekend out there. I bet I could. Dude, do that. it'd be amazing. Be awesome. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna remember that when that schedule comes out here. We had a so. huge and uh, when when uh, Nebraska played is when Martinez is playing for us. Yeah. Uh, and Nebraska played UCLA. We had an incredible tailgate, and. It, you know, I basically UCLA fans came by. We played beer pong or uh, tippy cup, you know, Nebraska versus UCLA fans. And it was great. It was such a fun time. Like, really good. UCLA fans are very, very inviting and cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how. And if that's the end, because news came out today, Oregon, they're looking at Oregon. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's a whole thing where they grab Cal and Stanford too. And, you're going to be right in the middle of Big Ten country after all of after all of this time on the West Coast. Watch all these Nebraska people start moving out to L.A. so they can, you know, get the nice weather, get, yeah. you know, two Nebraska games, or at least one guaranteed Nebraska game a year, probably. Uh, yeah. before, before I let you go, is there anything else that you've worked on or is out there to, you know, people watch or, or get a sense of who you are or that you've been in that you'd like to – you like to maybe recommend they take a look at because I think they'll all want to after hearing this. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, you can check out our YouTube channel. It's Genuine Jerks, just how it sounds. Um, I, uh, yeah, all, I'm sure you can follow me at, on Instagram and or Twitter at Breezy, B-R-E-E-Z-Y. <laughs> what, what is that? Jack, just like shaking. I uh, no, no. I've seen. I've read it all. The in fact, I was I was googling your Twitter, and I 
Like, for some reason, sometimes on TweetDeck, it doesn't pull up with a name unless you have the username. And I was like, oh, what the hell is his username? It's something like Windy or... <laughs> Windy. <laughs> oh, is it, my, is it about your name? Oh, it's Windy. Windy. Yeah, I'm not finding it. it Do they call you because uh, of Brett? Is it Breezy? Is that a nickname? Breezy F, baby. That's a, my roommate back in the day. It, Little Wayne has a has a uh, a song that has a verse where he calls himself Wheezy F Baby, yes. and it was a popular song at the time. So my roommate, okay, you did, nicknamed way, me you Breezy did not have F to, Baby. You didn't have to pronunciate that to me like I'm 87 years old. Okay, <laughs> I know who Lil Wayne is. He said Breezy. <laughs> I leaned in. It's Seriously. <laughs> it's like when you visit grandma for the time. Hi, grandma. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. Check it out. It's great stuff. If you haven't watched it, seen any of the videos, I, every I click on one every time I see one because um, I really like them. I love that that kind of stuff. And look, if you're back in town, you're ever doing some improv again, I'm not saying I won't. Uh, will resurrect my career for sure. But I'll at Dude. least consider it. And I would, I mean, in all seriousness, I would love to do that again. I might suck at this point, but it's kind of a little bit what I do in some ways already. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't, yeah. you'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love it. All right. Hey, man, uh, I took more time, more of your time than I said I would. I had a blast. Okay. Um, man, uh, I, I look forward to hope maybe doing some more stuff together. Uh, yeah. Podcast, doing, doing whatever. Congratulations on all your success. You make Nebraska proud. Uh, oh, you're, you. you're you're a good guy, and man. Uh, but yeah, look me up. I haven't met you in person, so when when you're in Lincoln sometime, look me up. We'll uh, we'll get it. We'll hit O Street. Have a Sounds great time. Sounds good. Sounds right. good. There you go, Beverly. That's the Jack Pigeon Podcast. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, give me just great, great comments. We'll see you. <laughs>